Get a signal on the bellboy, you can go to a phone to call your officer home and get the message. The Outline World Dispatch. It's Thursday, August 10th, 2017. I'm Raya Kamir. Today on The Dispatch, Tolu Ejonwe talks to people about saving voicemails from the deceased. I first found it, I was on the train, and like an idiot, I tried to listen to it on the train. Here's The Dispatch. Culture. Hey, Tolu, so you got a bunch of people to give you their voicemails. Why'd you do that? Uh, (laughs) Well, I don't know about you, but I don't get a lot of voicemails anymore. People usually just text instead of call. I speak to a lot of people on the phone. I prefer (laughs) phone conversations when usually when people, when I see a missed call, people will like then send a, a text like, hey, I just called to say this, this, this. But I do get a few voicemails that I held on to. Uh, and one is like from my good friend Milton. Uh, 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 Lupe. Let me try that again. He'll leave these long, rambly messages that usually start with a nonsensical song using my name. Why you so soupy? Never answering these loopy loops. Milton was a theater major. Rhymes with soupy. And the other set is from my mom. And they're like mundane things that she'll say, like, uh, help me fix my phone or help me with this internet thing or whatever. Um, but I've like gone through them and saved them. Yeah, I get all my voicemails are robocalls, I think. Maybe and my dad is probably the only human person who leaves me voicemails. But like you said, he just will text me and I'll know exactly why he's calling. So I'll just call him back. So I feel like you're, yeah, you're, you're in a rare category of people who care about voicemails. It is kind of rare, but I found a group of people who hold on to voicemails and they do it for a really specific reason. Um, they're holding on to the voicemails of their loved ones who've died. And so I reached out, I sent out a call on Twitter and Facebook for people who have these voicemails and actually a bunch of people contacted me and agreed to talk about it. Um, so, so if you're listening at home, something you should know is that we are going to be talking about some sensitive things, including suicide. So one of the first people I talked to uh, was Alex Allen. Hi, Alex. This is Tolu. Hi, Tolu. Nice to meet you. How are you? And Alex told me about a message from his grandfather. I don't know whether I believe that message you have on that phone or not, you little shithead. Oh, no. You uh, dirty doodle bird. <laughs> Love ya. Give us a call. Bye. That was October of 2011, and he passed in 2013, September 2013. So why'd you hang on to a voicemail for two years? That's my producer, John. So my grandfather uh, fought off cancer a lot of times, As, as morbid as it sounds. He would always joke that it's like, well, at least I know how I'm going to go. Is this voicemail like a good representation of like your, your, your whole memory of him? Kind of. Probably, I, I would say so, especially with the context of uh, knowing that when it sounds like he's saying something mean, he's really not at all. That's the most love that <laughs> he had. But like that was possible. If I just play this to some other person, they're going to have no concept of who he was or what he was actually saying or doing or meant by it. It's sort of, it's totally divorced from 
the rest of everything that I know about him. I think like these are the types of memories that are most important to recreating a person. That kind of inside joke type of relationship, that's amazing. I was real mad at myself for picking the wrong one to save for a long time. But uh, I'll take what I got. So for some of the people we talked to, a uh, voicemail from a dead loved one was a surprise finding their archives. But for others, it was like a carefully saved artifact. But all of them seemed to hold like a reverence for the specific quality of an audio recording. Hello? Hey, Ray. That's Ray Witty. 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 And that's a drunk voicemail from Ray's friend, Taryn. <laughs> I live in New York. And Taryn was also a freelance writer younger than me, based in L.A. So initially we started out just like sharing each other's work and sending each other like leads and things like that. We ended up like exchanging phone numbers and we would like Skype here and there. Well, because we both work from home, you know, that schedule when you're just alone at the house all the time. When When I met him, I think I was 29 or 30 and he was 24. But I feel like it's, like, trendy for kids that age to, like, talk about suicide and death all the time on Twitter. And I'm just not not of that that comedy. But it got to the point where I was like, I don't really think you're joking. Can you, can you call back uh, at this number? Or nights like that where I would get that voicemail, I would hit him up the next day and, like, jokingly, but, like, dead serious. Like, just want to make sure you're still alive. That was... That voicemail was in December 2015. So Taryn and Ray got closer when Taryn visited New York in the spring of 2016. Ray took him out to eat at all her favorite places and did all the things you do when friends from out of town come to visit. But then a few months after that visit, Ray received a text with the news that Taryn had killed himself. We had talked about his relationship with suicide and depression at length, because I wanted him to know, like, he had someone to talk to, even if it wasn't, like, just the joking. Like, it was, like, if, if things aren't okay, like, you can call me. It doesn't have to be, like, funny, and it doesn't have to be, like, at like at a comedic expense. So Ray's held on to Taryn's voicemail for the last two years, and she doesn't have any plans to erase it. I first found it, I was on the train, and, like, an idiot, I tried to listen to it on the train. <laughs> And started crying on the train on some, like, real New York moment shit crying on the train. Had to wait to another time to, like, really listen through it. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. It makes me so sad that he felt like he couldn't go on here. But I, I like, never want to get rid of that voicemail because it's so my relationship with him. Him just literally screaming drunk into the phone. <laughs> Witty. John Shanahan's recording sounds really familiar. That's a butt dial. I don't really have anything of his voice, and I don't really have anything of, uh, you know, a conversation with him. And John said that his dad did that a lot. So when I had gone through my voicemails, uh, you know, this was six or seven months after he had died, 
uh, it was in the deleted messages portions. It was the swishing, it was the pockets, it was the muffled conversation. Did, so so you, you said you keep it on your phone as a reminder. Like, do you listen to it often or? Um, not so much. I At this point, I, I, I listened to it a few times after the weeks that I uh, found it. I was I shared it with my family and, mm-hmm. and they all laughed at it too because I wasn't the only one that was getting the butt dials. <laughs> you know, it was mostly whoever he had spoken to last. So my mom would get them all the time and my sisters would get them. And so right after I found it, I shared it with them and I said, hey, look, hey, look what I found on my phone. And, and then I, that's when I found out that they each had their own that they just haven't deleted, uh, that we all had a good laugh about that. Absolutely right. It's so much like his uh, his personality and just everything culminated just in that because uh, he he really did like technology and I would always show him whatever the new features were on the phone, but he couldn't he just couldn't grasp it. I mean, it was it was really funny. This last person I talked to, Malika Rao, actually didn't have a voicemail to share with me, but it turned out that was a whole story in itself. My mom died right after I graduated from college. She was a physician, and so she had a very professional, outgoing um, message that was directed more to potential patients than really, like, family or friends. She passed away, and it hit me really hard, and um, and it hit my dad really hard, and he told me he was going to just maintain her phone account for a year because he liked to call her voicemail. Malika's dad saved the voicemail, but Malika had reservations. I, at the time, I was like, oh, that seems unhealthy. I don't know. I was worried about my dad. and But then I found myself like I would get devastatingly sad and call it. And she just sounded so normal and like ready to go. Like, And my mom, she was an Indian immigrant and she had an accent that I remember when I was a kid, like I never heard my parents' accents. Um, I don't know if I think this is a common phenomenon where um, other people tell you that your parents have accents. My mom, I never had really heard her as an accented person. And then when I'd hear her message, I mean, it was so her, but there was also this, there was kind of this double hearing that I had where I heard her, but then I also should have heard her as a stranger might have. And, um, yeah, when I would call her, it was like, I could just enter into this other, like other existence briefly, former existence. And then, and then it would end. Malika's relationship with her mom's voice recording changed over time. And then she told me that as she started to feel better and not as sad that she'd call less and less. And then one day she called and it was gone. You know, my dad never told me when he canceled the account. Uh, I just, one day I called and it wasn't, I think I got, I reached someone and it was very depressing. Um, But also like probably healthy, like, I, I don't know. I mean, when you guys asked for the recording, I called it again, just, you know, just to see. And it's not, it, it's not her her number anymore and it's sad I don't know it's sad that it's not there it's gone I don't know that I would use it all the time but it's kind of like a drug you know not many people leave a voicemail expecting the recipient to play it over and over 
It's not like a video or a photo uh, with all the pressure to encapsulate a memory for later. Right, because it serves a purpose, and its purpose is not to be replayed. Its purpose is to communicate something at that moment, and then it's supposed to be gone once you hear it. Right, but for these people, like, it, it represents so much more. I think there's a lot in the mundane that can be very crucial to remembering a person outside of, like, the bigness of what or how it's expected that you remember them when they die. I keep imagining like a, uh, a like a picture of someone in a coffin and like that's how you're supposed to remember someone like rest in peace done but in a voicemail it's just they sound so alive like and that's what you should really be remembering about them you know like how the tone of their voice and like how they sound when they laugh you know it's like color That's it for The Dispatch. Thanks to everyone who shared their voicemails with us. Remember, if you like our show, we're here every Monday through Thursday. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. You can find links at our website at theoutline.com slash podcasts. I'm Raya Kamir. Have a great weekend. More Stories Monday.